Amen. That was good. You got your Bible, you can turn to Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke 24. My, uh, <clears throat> my phone rang this morning, and I looked at the face of it, and it said Chris Fox. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, who needs stitches, who broke something, who this, and so I'm like, hello, real close. he goes, hey brother, I was like, man, you're killing me, uh, he said, I just had a question, I was like, it couldn't have waited till you got home, because <laughs> last year he called me and somebody needed stitches, so uh, anyway, so praise the Lord, they're doing good up there, uh, he did something, I think to all the parents, if you can't see it, he'll, he'll have to get your son or daughter to show you how to see them. He put pictures out, and he's going to add to that every day. And so I saw all of ours alive and well and up and having a good time. Uh, and so anyway, if you haven't got that from him, see somebody that has, and maybe they can help you. I, I can't. Uh, I, just, I had to have my wife do mine. So anyway, uh, I was like, dude, just text them to me. I know how to open that. And uh, he did some fancy way where you can you know, see a slideshow and you can do this. It's like, anyway, so she, she knew how to open it. Uh, but anyway, Luke 24, 32, they are doing good and, and pray for them. And uh, uh, they're young, but they, they still need preaching. And uh, so pray for them, to uh, their little hearts to make the decisions they need to make and nail things down in there and uh, help it to grow, things like that. They have a blast with all the other stuff, but the preaching is good also, uh, even for that age. And uh, looking forward to going there myself in a couple weeks. I'm not looking for the heat, looking forward to the heat, not looking forward to the gnats, but other than that, everything else I'm looking forward to. Uh, and maybe not sleeping in a different bed than mine, but uh, anyway. Uh, William had the best one last year. Are you here? Yeah, sorry, bud, that one's going to be mine this year. He got right in front of the AC spout. <laughs> so, but. I'm moving you. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so, but anyway, we had a good time last year and looking forward to it this year. Luke 24, verse 32. And the uh, uh, pastor asked me, uh, I think yesterday, uh, before he left, to, to speak tonight. And uh, uh, so I started, obviously, praying and looking and things like that. And this is a little different for me. I, I got notes and stuff. I usually have just like, you know, verse here, illustration here, points here, things like that. But this is actually notes, so it's weird for me. Uh, so it'd be more like a Sunday school class type thing maybe, but uh, you know, you know me. I'll, I'm sure I'll do something stupid or funny, but anyway. Uh, but tonight we're talking about a Bible study on Bible study. That's the title of it if you write notes. So a Bible study on Bible study. Uh, I guess last Sunday was our 30th year here, and so my wife and I, we actually sang the duet that we sang uh, the first time we ever sang at our church, and that was special to us. And uh, But anyway, I guess three or four years before that, I went off to Bible college. And I'd only been in an independent Baptist church for about a year and a half before that. And so devotions, you know, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, read your Bible, I'd heard it, uh, things like that. And so uh, this class that I took when I got to college, it was how to study your Bible. And I mean, I'm eating it up. Uh, because I remember reading my Bible you know, for the first time ever when I was a teenager and finding out about what Pastor preached about Jonah and the whale uh, as a 17-year-old boy. And I mean, I was pumped up about that story. And, you know, you tell your friends, and they're like, yeah, I heard that from, since I was four. And I was like, well, you're not excited about it anymore? Uh, and so then I, you know, hey, man, you know, you know, Daniel got cast in the lion's den and they didn't eat him. 
Yeah, I heard that when I was four, too. And I mean, I would just roast them, you know, well, get excited about it. Uh, you know, God's awesome at 17, too, and four, things like that. But anyway, uh, I remember not knowing how to study my Bible. And obviously, the 30 years that I've been here, I've been able to preach, so you study to preach, and I've been able to teach some classes, so you study things like that. So there's different Bible studies, but I remember learning this when I was 18 years old, freshman in Bible class, on how to study your Bible. And uh, it was awesome to me because I'd never done it. Uh, it was awesome to me because it was new, it was fresh, things like that. But I think uh, that, you know, you may have been saved since you were four, heard those stories since you were four. Uh, I think we can still get excited. I think we can maybe even try new things. Uh, and so hopefully this will help you a little bit tonight. Uh, but in Luke 24, verse 32, and it says this, And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked uh, with us, by the way, and while he opened the scriptures? And so, of course, if you read in the context, and I learned that in this class, to, to, to make sure you're reading context. Uh, but if you look at the context, obviously Jesus was teaching them the, the Bible. Uh, he was talking to them about their, uh, their, I guess, the will of God for them and, and things like that. And they, they discussed it after he left. Man, was, was your heart burning? Did, did you feel that? Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, I love being in those type of services. Uh, that when the preacher is just ripping it, I mean, he's going from every, you know, from A to Z, covering it all, and I mean, it's just burning. Yes, sir. That's right. That's good. I love that. Uh, and you know, and then I love, you know, Bible study. Uh, when pastor does a Bible study, and you know, you're like, man, I read that 50 times in my lifetime, and I never saw that. That was awesome. So I like to learn new things, uh, and and and, and it, that burns. Uh, but I like it when it's just me and the Lord, and I open it up. And he talks to me, buddy, and it's burning down in there. I like it. Uh, so there's, there's not a Bible study that I don't like. So if you do something that I don't cover tonight, keep doing it, as long as it's burning. If it's burning, keep doing it. Uh, that, that's, that's what they're talking about. So they were excited when Jesus talked to them. Uh, and, I mean, he, it was him. Whew, can you imagine that? Hearing his voice. Man, it's awesome enough hearing the Holy Spirit. And let it burn in there. But when, one day when we're doing what Amos was talking about, singing about, when we hear him, man, mm, that's going to be exciting. So anyway, I got a little introduction I'm going to read to you now that I can't see my words. Excuse me. I'll be back. Uh, it says here, the very Lord who, who uh, <clears throat> caused their hearts to burn, or caused the, the hearts to burn of those disciples, when he opened the scriptures, to them that day, can give you the same exhilarating experience today. The Bible can be stimulating. It can be interesting. It can be delightful. It, it can be conforming. It can be sobering. It can be calming. And it can be challenging even today. So uh, if, you, if you don't have some type of Bible study going on in your life, you need to get some. Uh, I mean, yes, Pastor's awesome. His sermons are great, and he's a great orator. He's a great, uh, I mean, he studies, he prays, and you can tell it, uh, and I love that, but I don't want just that. Uh, I want some of that, what I was talking about a while ago, just me and the Lord. So reading and studying the Bible is a basic requirement for Christian growth, uh, and it says here that, uh, and can be one of the most enjoyable experiences from day to day. So I'm going to give you a little outline here, and, and i got lots of stuff that I just throw in there, so I'm going to have to get with it. Because Brother Bill told me the time. He said, you, you're aware of the time situation, right? And he said, I'm here. Pastor's not, but I am. And uh, so I was like, yes, sir. So I'm going to have to put it in high gear here in just a second to get all this covered. So let's have a word of prayer, and I'll put it in warp speed. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to serve you. 
And Lord, thank you, Lord, for the Bible. Thank you for, uh, Lord, the Holy Spirit. Thank you for teaching us the Bible through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see here, first of all, if you're going to have some, a Bible study, you're going to have to have an appreciation for the Bible. Uh, appreciation for the Bible. Sometimes if you pick up something to read, you know, you're in the doctor's office, you're fixing to get a root canal. It really doesn't matter what you read, and you're like, <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't matter if that guy was the greatest writer ever. That article's not going to excite you. Uh, you're probably not even going to remember it because you're going to, all that stuff. So, but it, you know, you have to have an appreciation. Uh, I'm sure uh, y'all bought a book Sunday night, I believe it was. Uh, my wife bought it. Uh, she's excited about reading it. Uh, why? We have an appreciation for the author. We, we know her. Uh, so that gives us an incentive uh, to read it. So if you put all that together right there, if you know him, and he's the author, uh, that ought to give you an appreciation. We're going to look at some other things that we ought to appreciate about the Bible. Uh, appreciation of the Bible first is the first step of doing enjoying it. Uh, first of all, I appreciate that it's, uh, it's our infallible, infallible authority. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh, it's an infallible uh, authority in our life, and I appreciate that part. Second uh, Peter one twenty one twenty and twenty one says this: knowing uh, this first, that no prophecy of Scripture uh, is of any private interpretation; it can burn in everybody's heart. Uh, it says here: for the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's it's for reals. Uh, all these people out there today that want to change it and say they don't understand it and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's because it's not burning, because they don't know the author, uh, because the Holy Spirit says that I'm the teacher. And so if they can read it and not understand it, that just tells me nothing's going on in here. Uh, the Holy Spirit don't abide, uh, therefore he, that's why they don't understand it. Uh, but if the Holy Spirit's in there, uh, he, we can understand it. John 5.39 says this, search the scriptures, for in them ye think that you have eternal life, that they are they which testify of me. And so obviously the Holy Spirit and Jesus are one and the same, and so they bear witness, and so his words bear witness. They testify of him. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and bideth forever. Uh, so obviously it has to be an incorruptible seed. Proverbs 35, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And one more we see. Psalm 119.84, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So I appreciate it uh, that it's our infallible authority. Secondly, uh, I appreciate it uh, because it's our, uh, I appreciate it because it's our deed of inheritance. Our deed of inheritance. Uh, if you have a deed of something, uh, I have a deed to my house, but the bank has that same copy and could take it from me if I don't pay. All right. Uh, but one day, uh, I'll have that deed and it'll be all mine. Okay, uh, but this book right here tells me I it's, it's a deed. Uh, I've got a place to live forever and ever and ever. Uh, you know, it's smart to take care of yourself. It's smart to pay your bills. It's smart to set up for the future, things like that. Uh, but this book is a deed saying I got a whole lot waiting on me over there. All right. Uh, and so uh, the Bible says in Acts 20, verse 32, And now, brethren, I commend to you uh, God, it says here, and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. So we see here God has an inheritance for us. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit and with the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Uh, so this is a deed telling me what I have and what I'm a part of. Ephesians 1, 13, 14. 
in whom I also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, uh, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you have believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And on that deed, obviously, there's a seal. Uh, and basically stamping it that that house belongs to me. Uh, and, you know, they, they, you know, I have a survey. Uh, I know where my, my fence lines are and things like that. And, of course, the Holy Spirit puts a stamp of approval on us once we get saved uh, and, and shows that we have a deed. And it says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until redemption purchase, uh, purchase the possession. So we see uh, that not only is it an infallible authority, uh, it's also our deed. Uh, Galatians 3.29 says this, If you be in Christ, uh, ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so when you get saved, you're in Christ, he's in you, you're right there with that. And the last one here, John 14.2 and 3. Everybody knows this one. Uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. Uh, we have an inheritance. So uh, in, that, in, in our appreciation of the Bible, we know that it's a, uh, uh, we see uh, an infallible authority, a deed of inheritance. And thirdly, and lastly on this, under this point, it's a guide to life. It's a guide to life. So I have an appreciation for this book. Why? Uh, because it's infallible. Uh, it's my authority. Uh, it shows me my, uh, a deed to my inheritance, and then it also guides me. I mean, it can do a ton of things for us. Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light in my path. Proverbs 6, through 23, uh, when thou goest, uh, it shall lead thee. Where thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. I mean, that's an awesome verse. I mean, wherever I go, if I'm seeking God's will, it says here, it, it'll guide me. Uh, and then when I'm asleep, uh, and when I go to sleep, I'm asleep. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my wife's always scared. If somebody ever breaks in our house, I'm just gone because you're going to sleep through it. Uh, uh, but that, the Bible says it keeps me while I'm sleeping. And then it says when, it, when I wake up, it'll talk with me. And it was awesome this morning letting it talk to me. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is, is light and reproofs of instructions are the way of life. Psalm 119.11, uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. These are talking about guide verses. Uh, Psalm 37.22, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and uh, he delighteth in his way. Uh, here's a good one. Isaiah 30.21, And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. Uh, and that's awesome. When you're looking for something, uh, and I've been this way. I already mentioned it a while ago about context. Uh, you know, I, I studied uh, hermeneutics and I studied homiletics. I studied all that kind of stuff and things like that. Uh, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I don't know if it was quite in context uh, before uh, because I was praying for certain things. Uh, and, and when the Holy Spirit bears witness, I mean, it's, it's good. And this is the way, walk in it. Joshua 1.8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart out of, my, uh, out of thy mouth, but I shall meditate, or thou shalt meditate in it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For when they shall make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So appreciating the Bible, uh, because God preserved it. Uh, appreciating the Bible because there was men that died to keep it around for us. And then also we ought to appreciate the Bible because we've had parents and pastors that preached it and taught it to us. So we ought to have an appreciation when you come to the Bible. Second one, approaching the Bible. Approaching the Bible. Uh, obviously, uh, you, there's, there's different things to approach. Uh, I remember 
approaching my wife the first time for, for a date. I, I saw her. Uh, of course, I thought she was pretty. Uh, obviously, I thought she was talented. Uh, I knew she was very smart and, uh, and, and, and gifted, things like that. So I was like, I'm going to ask her out. And so I, I made my approach. Uh, and so, of course, you know, uh, I don't want to give away my secret. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I went up to her and asked her out, and she said, no. <laughs> that had never happened to me before. Uh, what? Excuse me? <laughs> do, do you understand? Uh, you know, I, she said no. I'm like, oh. So that made me determined to approach again. So I, I let a couple days go pa- pass, things like that, uh, and tried to talk to her some, things like that, and I made my approach again. And number two was the same answer. And now I'm mad. All right, uh, this girl is going to go out with me. And so I made that third approach, and so finally she t- explained to me why. All right, you know, I thought, you know, good night. Who wouldn't want to go out with this? I mean, come on, what's wrong? <laughs> anyway, that's what I was thinking, but anyway... Uh, She's like, she's like, I can't go out with you. I was like, why? And she goes, my roommate likes you. <laughs> so? <laughs> she was being loyal to her roommate. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, uh, so I kept approaching, and obviously you see I won. So praise the Lord. Uh, but, you, you know, you, you, I had an appreciation uh, for her looks. I had an appreciation for her, obviously, servant's heart. I had appreciation for her desire to serve God. Uh, I appreciated that fact. I appreciated the fact that she used her gifts and talents for serving the Lord. And so I wanted to approach. Uh, so same thing here. If you appreciate the Bible, you'll want to go to it. Uh, it, won't, it won't be a chore. It won't be something you just got to check off your box. It won't just be something your Bible teacher asks you to read every day and check. All right. Uh, it'll be in a joy. You'll want to go to it. Uh, it'll be exciting. Uh, so if you have an appreciation for it, you'll approach the Bible. And so you have to approach it with the right attitude. Here's a couple things underneath this. Uh, first of all, with reverence. With reverence. I mean, it's God's Word. Uh, I mean, it's holy. Uh, I mean, it, it's awesome. Uh, it, it's the Holy Scriptures, the, it's called. And the Holy Spirit will teach it to you and bear witness to you as you read it. So approach it with an attitude of reverence. Secondly, you can, you can approach it with an attitude of dependence. It'll never let you down. It's always going to give you the right answer if you're looking for it. You know, you can't just like, ah, no. No, you got to look, dig, uh, and search for it. And, but you can rely on it uh, with absolute, uh, you know, I, I depend on it. Uh, for strength, it's just like food for the Christian. Uh, for guidance, uh, for comfort when you need it. Uh, and then here's a good one. Have the attitude of submission and moldability. Submission and moldability. Uh, when he taught that class, when he said that word, moldability. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I looked it up. Uh, but let it mold you. Uh, he's the potter. I'm the clay. Uh, he, he'll do a whole lot better job at it than I can. And so if you'll look at it, when you approach it with these attitudes, an attitude of reverence, an attitude of dependence, an a- attitude of submission and mo- mo- uh, moldability. There we go. Uh, the Bible calls it it's a hammer. All right, I've molded lots of things with a hammer. All right, that's what a good carpenter does. Beat it till it fits, right? right. <laughs> with a hammer. All right, some of us, we need that. And God's been trying to beat us over the head for a long time. Uh, but moldability, uh, it's a hammer. Uh, it's a sword. 
You can, you can use it to defend yourself with Satan's trying to mess with you. Uh, it's a mirror. Uh, it's all kind of stuff to help. Uh, a lot of you use mirrors to mold uh, that hairdo. All right. I, I thought about doing that, you know, bringing it from here, bringing it from here, bringing it from here, kind of mold it. All right, uh, mold, moldability. Uh, some of you, you know, with all that makeup, you know, you mold yourself in, into that. You know, you look way, way younger and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, moldability, you know what a mirror does. It helps you. So let, approach it with this attitude of reverence and dependence uh, and also submission with moldability. Number three, absorbing the Bible. Not only appreciate the Bible and approach the Bible, but absorb it. Uh, you know, a lot of us are good at that. Go in one ear and out the other. You know, how, you know, my mom asked me that question a thousand times growing up. How many times have I told you? Oh, because it, whew. yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All right. And that's what we do a lot of times. We'll go to church because that's just what good Christians do. But do you absorb anything while you're here? All right. We'll read our Bible, you know, because that's what we're supposed to do as a good Christian. Yep. Had my devotions this morning. But did you absorb anything? Uh, did it stick? And, and all of us is like that. Pre- pastor will do that every once in a while. You know, I preached this last Sunday, but you know, you don't remember what I preached. Things like that. Why? But you have to absorb. You have to do it on purpose. Uh, you know, again, if you think of absorbing something, it's like a sponge. And uh, if you have kids, I'm sure you have messes to clean up. Uh, but that's what that sponge does. It absorbs that stuff, uh, cleaning it, uh, things like that. And uh, uh, so we're supposed to absorb the Bible also. Uh, George Mueller said this. I thought it was a great statement. The important thing is not how many times you have gone through the Bible, but whether the Bible has gone through you. I thought that was awesome. Uh, because, you know, I was challenged. Read your Bible. I got one of those little, you know, read your Bible in yearbooks, things like that. Uh, obviously, it's in the bulletin, uh, things like that. And you ought to do that. You ought to have casual reading like that. Uh, but you need to try to absorb some. And again, at 17 years old, I, there was nothing absorbed in there. Uh, but praise the Lord, since that time today, I, with God's help, I've tried to absorb a lot of it and love to, to do it. So underneath absorbing, how do you, how do you absorb it? First of all, you've got to read it. you just got to read it. Here, here's a good one. While you're awake. <laughs> some of you, you know, you say, bless God, I'm going to do my Bible reading in the morning. Okay, you might need to wait till after shower, definitely after coffee, things like that. Because if you're just reading it and you're like, you know, that's what I've heard. You want me to wake you up when you're finished with your devotions? You know, I mean, goodness. And, or if you're, you know, at nighttime you get still, or maybe even in the daytime you get still, you're out. That might not be a good time to read it. You're not, you're not going to absorb much uh, if you're snoring in between verses. Uh, so when you're awake, read it. Uh, here's a good one. Read it out loud. If possible, I mean, or I mean, devices today used to. I mean, it was you had a little cassette player you could do a Walkman. They called them things like that. Now your phone will read it to you. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, read it out loud. Here's another one. Read it carefully. And a little bit better than you do when you're trying to put something together for your wife. I don't need those instructions. Are you sure? There's 16 pieces left. Ah, oh, those weren't important. <laughs> 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 you might want to read it carefully when you read it. If you want to absorb it, I mean, you can just glance over it if you don't want to absorb it. But if you want to absorb it, uh, and then here's one repeatedly. Go back and read it again. I, well, I've read it much time. Well, read it again. If you want to absorb it, uh, read it. Number two, uh, reflect on it. If you want to absorb it, you're going to have to reflect on it. Uh, bring it back up. 
And that's what, you know, some, some kids, they, you know, they sit in class and they draw instead of take notes. Uh, and so then when it comes time to study, they don't have anything to study. Uh, and, you know, stuff like that. So there's no absorption. Uh, and so, but if you, if you write them down and reflect on it, it'll come back to you. You'll absorb it. It'll stick. Uh, and so think about how it applies to you. Meditate on it, the Bible says. Uh, another one is record it. Some of you have little devotional manuals and you can write down and, or you write in your Bible, things like that. Record what God speaks to you about and reflect on it. Uh, and then here's a good one, respond to it. Respond to it. Uh, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He tells you what you need to do. You need to respond to it. So we see here uh, we ought to appreciate the Bible. We ought to approach the Bible. We ought to absorb the Bible. And here's a good one. Uh, we ought to analyze the Bible. We're talking about studying the Bible. Analyze. And some of us, you know, that might be something that we don't do much. Uh, analyze things. All right. But you ought to analyze the Bible. Uh, not to the point of some of these, you know, goofballs out there that want to change it. All right. And uh, things like that. But you can analyze the Bible. And I'll give you a couple points on how to analyze the Bible. Uh, number one, uh, again, I remember learning this in that class. Uh, his point was on analyzing the Bible is this, browsing through a book. Browsing through a book. Uh, this is how to start analyzing. And so he, he, he basically showed us how to start. You just browse through. And he gave us these four points. Uh, it said here, imagine the whole. The whole, the whole collective thing of the Bible. Uh, but then it said, he said, execute the parts of it. And then he said to do this, survey, like a New Testament survey, an Old Testament survey, survey the book, uh, but then do an analytical study on each one. And then it says here, kind of a skyscraper view, but then to do a ground-level study. Uh, a panoramic sweep, but then a microscopic focus. And so I remember learning those, uh, you know, that's how you study the Bible. You browse through the book, but then you get in depth. And here was the second point was this, uh, charting a chapter. Charting a chapter. Uh, uh, a couple things underneath charting a chapter was, first of all, was observation. In other words, what does it say? And second was interpretation. What does it mean? And then thirdly, application. How does it apply to me? That's charting a chapter. And I remember doing all those, those, those studies and things like that. We had to do them for class, uh, but I tried to carry on after that. And so a couple other ones he, he, he said to us, we, we ought to probe a paragraph. Uh, you know, obviously, he's going with the letters here. Uh, but probe a paragraph. In other words, just get into that one paragraph. Uh, and then lastly was weighing a word. Weighing a word, and I've done tons of word studies. Uh, I love doing that, especially nowadays with computers. Uh, and even on, on your phone, you can just, and it'll tell you where, the, where they all are. And that's awesome to me. So analyzing the Bible, we can browse a book, uh, we can chart a chapter, and uh, we can probe a paragraph, and then we can weigh a word. So first of all, we had uh, appreciating the Bible, approaching the Bible, observing the Bible, analyzing the Bible. And then, uh, lastly, we have applying the Bible, applying the Bible. And this was observation, interpretation, and application. And so, in conclusion, uh, let's go to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Uh, and this is uh, where we're going to show you. Uh, obviously, this is a very familiar verse. We've already read it once tonight. But applying the Bible. Applying the Bible. So, you can apply... Sermons that you hear, you can apply devotions that you have, you can 
apply Sunday school lessons that you hear. And, I mean, we get a lot of good information here. Uh, Pastor's uh, Sunday school lessons are awesome. Uh, obviously, his sermons are awesome. And uh, if you have a devotional time, you ought to think they're awesome. But you ought to apply that. Don't just have it in, the, in your life. You ought to apply it. So we see here, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof and correction, instruction and righteousness, that the man of God, uh, or whoever is reading it, uh, may be perfect, uh, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so this is why we ought to read the Bible. So when we're, if we're going to apply it, uh, we'd look at this, this, this chapter. And uh, obviously you say, well, you know, how many scriptures are, are given by inspiration of God? All of them. Uh, so you can apply that. Uh, but the first thing here we want to look at is we encounter God himself. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. So when I apply that to myself is when I read the Bible, it's God talking to me. And uh, obviously we've been in church for, for a good long time. You know. Uh, you pray. You talk to God. You hear the Bible preached, read, studied. Uh, it's God talking to you. So we encounter God himself. So uh, you, ought not just, you ought not question the Bible. Uh, you ought not think, eh, I don't know if I agree with that part or not. No, it's God talking. And it's kind of like my dad. He didn't really care if I agreed or not. He didn't really care if I understood or not. Uh, if he said it, that's what it was going to be. And so that's what we have to look at it when we're going to apply the, the Scripture. Uh, we encounter God himself. Uh, secondly, it says here, our sin will be exposed. <laughs> so you study the Bible and you apply it. God's talking to you, it says here, and it's profitable uh, for doctrine, yes, but then it says here for reproof and correction. Now, this is why a lot of people don't like preaching. This is why a lot of people don't have devotions. Uh, this is why a lot of people don't want to skip Sunday school. Why? Because it's correction, reproof, correct, or reproof, correction, reproof, correction. Uh, that's what, we were that way when we were kids, weren't we? Uh, you know, get a spanking. Didn't really matter. We wanted to go do it again. We we got in trouble again, uh, so we just wanted to skip that. Uh, so uh, our sin will be exposed. Next, it says here, God will give us divine uh, perspective. God will give us divine perspective. We see here it's for instruction in righteousness. So he'll tell us how to do it right. He'll tell us how to do it his way and the Bible way. He'll give us divine perspective if we'll let that apply. And lastly, we see, it says here, God can do, or God can, uh, if we will let him, perfect us, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished. And so obviously, that's the goal, be perfect for I am perfect. The Bible says that. Uh, and again, uh, I've been here for 51 years, hadn't made it yet, uh, but I'm trying. Uh, and that's, what we, that's all we can do, is keep trying. And uh, let him do it. Let him perfect us. And so uh, another way we can see that same verse there, uh, how do I apply it? What happens when I study the Bible? 2 Timothy 3.16, this is what happens in that verse. Uh, it ought to inspire us. It's given by inspiration. So when we read it, it ought to inspire us to do it. Uh, it ought to inspire us to, to, to let it change us. Uh, then it says here, it, it, it profits us. It's profitable. It's good. All of it's good. Uh, it reproves us. It corrects us. Uh, it trains us and it equips us. And so that's how uh, to apply the Bible. So we see here the, the Bible, we ought to have an appreciation for it. Uh, and we ought to 
uh, let uh, approach it the right way and let it do all those things that we need to do and then apply it. Uh, so I hope that helped somebody. Maybe you're uh, wanting to try something different. Uh, again, those, those uh, verses are awesome. And uh, uh, we ought to analyze. Uh, well, I'm not a good analyzer. Uh, that's why you need to. Uh, you know, even in, you know, if you're not as educated as some, you can still analyze. Uh, I've seen some good old boys analyze something and figure it out. You know, and somebody that was supposed to be smart couldn't. Uh, so you, it's all about how you analyze. And so then uh, let, it, uh, let it be applied to you.